This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome everybody. It is Tuesday, January 30th. Wow, the time flies, doesn't it? Welcome to the uh, Tuesday edition of Talk Back, which is brought to you by Y West Storage out of the Y on Two Smokes Way. Give them a call today at 406. All, all these start, of course, with 406 510 for pricing and availability because of Y West. They're making room for you. Phillips Janitorial Residential and Commercial Cleaning, just for you and no job too big or too small. So feel free to give them a call today, 260-6617. Uh, Harrington Surgical Supply, uh, where appointments are preferred for mastectomy fittings and custom comp- uh, compressions, but walk-ins are always welcome. And also brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Accessories. No matter how cold, Gomer's has everything you might need to get to, or foggy to make sure your rig starts every time. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service, located at Palmer and West Broadway. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, we are glad to have you along this morning, ladies and gentlemen. It, on this Tuesday, Nick Christensen is right over there. Mr. Nick. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Doing good. All right, uh, it's it's very foggy out there this morning. I hope you got to work or to school safely, and you remember to turn your lights off. Yeah. It was the worst I'd ever seen last night. I was yeah. driving around last night around like... 6, 6.30, and it was really bad. This morning it cleared up a little bit, but yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, we were going to a friend's house for a, for a Bible study last night about 6.30, and, and uh, my wife said, be sure and slow down. I said, how come? Because of that. And there was a deer walking right in, front of, right in front of my car. Yikes. <laughs> Yike. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, much better eyes than I do. <laughs> All right, let's get right to the phone. It's open phones, by the way, for the first uh, for the first hour of Talk Back this morning. We'll be visiting with Attorney General Austin Knudsen in the 9 o'clock hour, taking your phone calls there. But whatever might be on your mind this morning, and we have uh, our first caller before the show even started. Uh, this is Greg. Is it Greg? Greg Overstreet? Yes, sir, it is. All Greg right. Overstreet. Greg Overstreet, you're calling in from Stevensville, and you are a candidate for public office. So we always welcome uh, folks like you. So tell us about uh, Greg Overstreet. What, uh, what what are you running for and why? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I am running for the state legislature, the state House of Representatives in the Stevensville-Florence District. The number happens to be District 88. I'm running. Of course, I'm a Republican. I mean, most of your callers are. And um, I'm running because I want to keep Montana, Montana. I want to keep Ravalli, Ravalli. And specifically, having come from Washington State, yes, yes, I'm part of the conservative <laughs> exodus from blue states. Uh, let's just get that out of the way right, right at the beginning. Um, I've seen how a great state like Washington, formerly a great state, can get really messed up by the left and that's not going to happen in Montana. And so I've seen their playbook. I've got the moves and the counter moves, I think. And, um, that's, that's why I'm doing this because this state and, and this, this County in particular Valley, no, no offense to Missoula County, um, is such a magnificent place and it's fragile and we can lose it. All it takes is some bad legislating and and it could all be lost. And so the stakes are high. And a lot of conservatives, and, and most folks listening are obviously conservatives, a lot of conservatives that have come from blue states come here, and I don't mean to criticize them, but I need to observe something. 
A lot of folks come here and say, well, it's a red state. I can take it easy because it's always going to be a red state. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think it takes constant work, maintenance, fighting, if you will. It takes constant effort to make sure this place stays as great as it is. And that, in a nutshell, is why I'm running. All right. Now, just real quick, before we take our first break here, we always take a, we have to take a break at 10 minutes past the hour. Uh, you had mentioned you want to keep Montana, Montana and Ravalli County, Ravalli County. What, if you could define those terms, uh, because we hear that a lot, right? And so, uh, in your, in, just in your mind, what is, what makes Montana, Montana and Ravalli County, Ravalli County? Great question. I'm happy to answer it. Uh, here in Montana and I'll, and I'll group Montana and Ravalli County together for this. In Montana, we have a, a mindset. We are hardworking. We believe in accountability, all these things. A great way to illustrate this is when we moved from Washington State, my son entered high school from Washington into Montana, and he said, I can't believe it. All my friends in Montana have jobs, and none of my friends in high school in Washington State had jobs. That's just a little example of how we're different. And I'll say it, uh, we're better here. So it's maintaining that mindset, there need to be incentives in place to keep doing the right thing, and there need to be disincentives in place to do the wrong thing. And the wrong thing would be being dependent on government, um, having bad entitled attitudes, and all of that. As far as keeping Ravalli, Ravalli, we have a way of life in Ravalli County. And and quite honestly, if, if you like suburban life and purple to blue life, uh, I think you'd be very happy in Missoula County. And we were different here. We, we live differently. We, we have more of a rural lifestyle. And then, of course, there are social issues. Um, I'm a very strong conservative, very strong Christian, I may add. And we're going to, we're not going to have in the state and particularly in Ravalli County, we're not going to have pornography in school libraries and all the other stuff that everybody knows about. And so it's looking at it at that level. It's not, you know, marginal tax rates and very obscure intellectual things. It's looking at Montana. Every listener out there should think, well, what makes Montana so great? Why do I live here? And it's preserving that kind of stuff. And that's the philosophy that guides me. Well, Greg, that's uh, that's very well said. Listen, uh, before we let you go, how, how can uh, people find out more about you? Is there a website? Whatever. You bet. The campaign website is very simple. Greg, G-R-E-G, overstreet.com. Greg with one G at the end, overstreet, just like it sounds, dot com. All the information you need on there. Easy way to contact me. Reach out, find more. I'd love to talk to folks, especially in Stevensville and Florence, because those are the two places that matter for this. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for calling and introducing yourself. Best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Greg. All right, we're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, Greg called before we, we even went on the air. So uh, uh, thank you for doing that. That's great. That's being proactive. There you go. We're going to come right back. Uh, by the way, it is open phones. All the phone lines are open. What's on your mind? We're coming right back. 
Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A dense fog advisory remains in effect for the valleys of western Montana. Fog will be variable today, but could be quite dense in some locations at times. And because of the temperature, that may be freezing fog in the early mornings and later evenings. Lows will continue just below freezing. Otherwise, sunshine is possible in the afternoon with highs into the mid-40s and close to 50 on Wednesday. This foggy weather pattern continuing through at least Thursday, although we're still on track with clouds and a chance of rain by Friday. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's open phones on Talkback this morning. All the lines are open. Um, uh, give us a call. I'd love to see those phones light up and uh, at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. <sighs> My goodness. <laughs> Just looking outside. It, it's it's so funny. Uh, the, the fog came and went last night. And, uh, like I said, we were, when we were on our way yesterday, we almost hit a deer. And then when we when we walked out the door a little after eight, it was as clear as a bell. So it's moving in, moving out. So good. Anyway, anyway. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So so what's on your mind, everybody? What's going on out there this morning? Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, lots going on all over the world. I I know it, it, it tragedy has occurred in in the Middle East. Three uh, three American soldiers, uh, two men and a woman, were killed uh, by an attack, a drone attack. And, uh, it is, it's just, it's devastating. And now, uh, the, the, the question is to what to do, um, what to do now. Uh, from what I understand, there have been over 120 attacks, separate attacks against American forces in that area, uh, backed by Iran. So, uh, the, the powers that be, the president, of course, uh, uh Donald Trump, all, all the candidates are, are uh, postulating as to what to do, and <sighs> I got to tell you, it's it's it 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 is it is growing and growing, and nobody on this side of the pond wants it to grow, but it's growing anyway, and it's it's becoming harder and harder to try to figure out what to do uh, w- without directly attacking where all these attacks are coming from, and that's Iran. So anyway. Yeah, that's why they get paid the big bucks to make those decisions and not us. Cause yeah, I, no thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so the phone lines are open at 721-1290, 1-800-568-5309. Wow. Just so much, so much going on out there. Uh, the, uh, uh, of course the, the elections are underway. Uh, we, we will have Austin Knutson joining us in the nine o'clock hour running for, uh, uh, to, to keep his spot as attorney general and also to give us an update on the things that he is doing. Uh, now he sent us, uh, some things to, to uh, the preview that he's going to be talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I, I do know there, there are a couple of firearms cases he's looking at, um, the uh, Mayorkas impeachment slash fentanyl issue, uh, where so much is going on on the southern border. Uh, it looks like look Texas is defying the federal government and saying, hey, uh, we, we are going to go ahead and, and defend ourselves. Uh, we're we're going to close the border. And the from what I understand, the federal government has said you have to take the razor wire down. Uh, it's unconstitutional or whatever. It's illegal. They have uh, deemed it to be illegal. And Texas is saying, no, uh, we're going to leave it up because it's the only way to keep those people out. So, and from what I understand, there is a huge convoy of truckers. Uh, and the number I saw was 700,000 semi-trucks headed down toward uh, the Texas border. 
So I'm not sure what's going to happen there uh, when, when they all begin arriving. If you remember, there was a trucker's convoy in Canada. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Said, did you say 7,000 trucks or seven hundred? Or sorry, 700,000 trucks or 700,000 people? Uh, the, I, I, I saw 700,000 trucks. Holy cow. Okay. But that's a lot of trucks. And I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah. and of course, it's a, it's a very big border. Uh, if, yeah. if they're planning on using their trucks as a, uh, as a border wall, I can certainly understand that. But... Trying to get those trucks to where the border actually is is, tr- is interesting. So, anyway. Oh, we're up against another break. Whatever might be on your mind this morning, we'd love to have you chime in and tell us what's on your mind. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something here in the city. It could be something in the county. It could be something going on here in Montana or around the world. 721-1290. We'll be right back after this. There's a lot. All right, crew. Let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. Public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Open phones until 9 o'clock this morning. We have Dave on the line. Dave, good morning, sir. You're on Talkback. What's up? Yeah, about immigration. As far as I can see, uh, you know, the previous president was able to limit immigration into this country for the same reason they were able to shut down the west coast and not allow people in to fly into the country it was the virus he he had given that virus being in this country or in the world gave him extra power to limit immigration now now they say you know the present president has the same power but he doesn't because the the virus is supposedly under control now um, as far as the uh, future rules to give him more power 
of the House of Representatives that passed a bill that sits in the House and the Senate won't even touch that gives the president more power and the Senate is working on one that that the House won't touch. So in my view, there needs to be some compromise. There needs to be some work to, to come up with a deal that gives the president more power to deal with immigration. Well, if, if the president has more power, uh, our current president, will he use it? Well, maybe, maybe not. But certainly we will be watching him. I mean, to say we won't give him the power because we are afraid he won't use it seems kind of ridiculous. I mean, give him the power and then we vote and, and we'll see. But uh, doing nothing, sitting on our thumbs is not a solution. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. Yeah. All right. 721 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. I was just looking at some, some articles here. Uh, this one says, and I quote, God's Army, end quote, convoy heads to Texas southern border to support Governor Abbott. Uh, the trucker convoy has called itself, quote, God's Army. And uh, this was written just yesterday. A trucker convoy similar to the one that blocked streets in protest of COVID-19 mandates in Canada is now heading to the Texas border along Mexico, vowing support. Governor Greg Abbott, in his defiance of a Supreme Court decision, a group of truckers and bikers called the Take Our Border Back convoy are organizing on, uh, on Telegram with a plan to peacefully gather and protest in Eagle Pass on February 3rd. So, But it doesn't yeah, mention a specific number of trucks, though. Uh, one one number I saw uh, originally was seven hundred thousand, but that doesn't seem very realistic. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yes. First of all, is there enough diesel? Yeah, probably <laughs> in, not. In, in all of Texas to to fuel all those trucks. So, um, I'm I'm just I don't know. Uh, I, it, it, the the truckers they are uh, they are a, a very very uh, um, patriotic group. Those guys and women, men and women who are truckers, they're they're amazing. And uh, they they put they put their trucks where their mouth is. So anyway, uh, let's get Candy on the line. Candy, good morning. You are on Talk Back. Thanks for holding. Please go ahead. Um. Yes. Good morning, um, President. Well, Biden has all the uh, authority and the power he needs to take care of the border. Right now, it's in his oath of office. He he has that power. He can just shut it down, just like Trump did. And he can in, uh, put back into working all the orders that Trump gave. So this is a straw man argument, and he's the straw man. And, you know, this God's army thing, they're right. And everybody should go back to reading their Bible. And they will find out where we are. We're in uh, the shortening of days. And uh, I think we're seeing some things and signs that are predicting um, that um, God wins in this. All right, Candy. God wins. All right, Candy. Thanks, Thanks for the call. All right, seven two one twelve ninety is our number. Uh, whatever might be on your mind this morning, this is open phones uh, for another 33 minutes. And I, I guess what I'm wondering is the the conservative numbers are uh, over 8 million people have crossed the southern border since uh, 
Joe Biden became president. Now, if that if that's a, a too too high or too low, still it is in the millions, and one wonders where. First of all, where are all those people going? What's going to happen to them? Many of them have small children. Uh, where where are they going to land? Uh, what are they going to do? Uh, how are they going to live? Where where are they going to live? Uh, how are they going to receive health care? How are they going to uh, to make it in this country when they're not sponsored? They're not citizens. They're just here illegally. Uh, I, I think I think we lose track of the fact that these are people. You know, these these are all human beings, uh, whether they came from you know Nicaragua or or or, or Colombia or it doesn't matter where they came from. And they're here, so I don't know. I'm just, uh, I, 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 I literally, I shake my head and I think, what in the world? And what in the world would would Missoula? I, you remember Nick? I asked uh, a year, a couple of years ago, uh, if if a if a busload of these folks uh, were were brought to Missoula, right? We talked to the talked to the mayor at the time, and we talked to the uh, the, the city council, and we also talked to the county commissioners. And I remember Josh Schlotnick said that they would do everything they could to try to help them, to process them, and get them on their way to wherever they wanted to go. As far as staying in Missoula, I don't know if that would uh, be something they'd want to do. Anyway, so we're going to come right back. 721 is our number. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, we would love to hear from you right after this. Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A dense fog advisory remains in effect for the valleys of western Montana. Fog will be variable today, but could be quite dense in some locations at times. And because of the temperature, that may be freezing fog in the early mornings and later evenings. Lows will continue just below freezing. Otherwise, sunshine is possible in the afternoon with highs into the mid-40s and close to 50 on Wednesday. This foggy weather pattern continuing through at least Thursday, although we're still on track with clouds and a chance of rain by Friday. Wow. Winter? What's that? <laughs> All right. 721 is our number. It is open phones for the next 27 minutes. We've got Emmett waiting to share with us this morning. Emmett, good morning. Welcome back to Talk Back. Go ahead, sir. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Well, I was reading on Friday's paper. Normally, I don't get it. I got it for some other reason. I don't remember what. But in the arts and entertainment section, uh, they were discussing the Academy Awards Awards for this year. And and all the other the movies that they were going to mention for the best picture, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I could not believe the biggest omission. The Sound of Freedom, one of the best movies in decades and very disturbing movie about pure evil, but very important, was not going to be nominated for anything. I was shocked. I mean, they even had Barbie for best picture and best song. Barbie... But nothing about the most important topic, the evil of child molestation and exploitation. I don't understand why that movie was overlooked by the Academy Awards people in Hollywood. What is the message they're sending? Is it because it was made by a Christian? Is there pedophilia in Hollywood and they want to cover it on their tracks? Is this something they approve of? Are they that decadent? What is the message they're sending by not having the sound of freedom you know, at the Academy Awards, when it should sweep all the Oscars, including Best Song, you know, because one of the songs, <laughs> I don't want to give the ending away, was so haunting that it right. was, the, to me, the best song. It was at the end. Um, right. 
And I just am very disturbed. Normally, I love the Oscar awards. I've loved them since I was a kid, since, you know, E.T. was nominated for Best Picture. I was disappointed, and my friends were that Gandhi was won in 1983. But I'm going to skip the Oscars this year. I'm not going to watch them. I wonder if other people in the, you know, in the talk about viewing audience feel the same way. I'm livid. I am absolutely fit to be tied. What do you think? Well, uh, The Sound of Freedom was, was an amazing movie. It was very moving. It was uh, very powerful. And I, I can't imagine anybody going to that movie not walking out of there either in tears or uh, just silent, just thinking, thinking to themselves yeah, about about, yeah. about what, what yeah. what's going on in the world, and and the fact that that kind of activity is going on all over the world every single day as we speak. And yeah, and especially yeah. in the United States, the stats about the United States it's as big or even bigger than drugs. I mean, this, that's horrifying that we have gotten so evil in this world. And, but th- for that reason, it should be Academy Award-winning material. I'm outraged. I'm just not going to watch. I mean, if I were at a friend's of mine house, a friend's house, and they had the Academy Awards, okay. But I, I, I would th- just watch it. Now, I will tell you this. I'm just looking at the at a, a website here uh, called Dexerto.com. I'm not. I've never been there before. It says Sound of Freedom, dubbed the most controversial movie of 2023, failed to earn one Oscar nomination for the 2024 Academy Awards, leading to backlash online from fans like yourself who are shocked but, quote, not surprised, end quote. So, Well, how could it be controversial? What's so controversial about saying God's children are not for sale? What's so controversial about that? I hope we're not getting into a thing where we in our society were thinking pedophilia is okay I, or controversial. I hope not. I pray not. It wouldn't surprise me, but that's really upsetting to me. Well, that's really disturbing. So, Emmett, thanks, thanks for sharing yeah. that with us. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you so okay. much. No, mind. Seven two one twelve ninety. Sound of Freedom is one of those movies that you see once, right? It, it's not. It's not one you want to go back and revisit again and again because it is very painful and it's very powerful. Um, so, yeah, and it's uh, for those you know that. We're waiting for it to be on like a streaming platform. It's on Amazon Prime right now, I believe. Right. It for is. Free, yes, so. it is. Yeah. And and you can you can watch it. And I I I would encourage you if you're an adult. I would encourage you to watch it. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's extremely extraordinarily powerful. Did yeah. you see any of the other movies on the list for best uh, Oscar? I, I, I Want me saw, to go through them? I, for I, you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, best 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 picture was you know Oppenheimer, <clears throat> right? Uh, so they're on the list. So yeah, American Fiction. Did you see that one? No. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall. No. Barbie. <laughs> no. The Holdovers. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Holdovers. I I saw Barbie. I saw the Holdovers. Okay, uh, both right. good. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. No, I haven't seen that one yet. That one. Uh, they actually just put that one on Apple Plus. So okay. if you all right. again, there's all these dang streaming services. You got to have them all to see these <laughs> movies. But uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which had our own Lily Gladstone, right. who is nominated for Best Female right. Supporting Actress. Congratulations to her. Yeah. You bet. Uh, Maestro. No. Oppenheimer. Yes, I did see Oppenheimer. Which, uh, yeah, so I saw that one too. That was a good one. And then I haven't seen any of these three past lives, poor things, and the zone of interest. So, yeah, I'm not sure who's like the, uh, the lead front runner to win, but, um, I know they're maestro, like almost every actor is nominated for every other 
Award. Uh, okay. So maybe right. that's one worth watching too. But yeah, anyway, you know, every time these <laughs> lists though come out for the Oscars, I always think, oh, okay, what movies did I see? Didn't I see? Because, you know, I try to see a lot of movies throughout the year and I always end up missing half of them and not even hearing about half of them. So now, the me- Oscars is kind of a unique... Uh, yeah. It's a it's a unique show. Let's put it that now, way. Now, let me ask you this: were, were were there any superhero movies that came out uh, this past year that uh, just that people said, "Oh, that's definitely Oscar material"? No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I I I actually think that the the, the 2024 movie audience, I think. We've moved on past that, you know. I, I th- how many how many more superheroes are there? I, I think we've we've covered them all, haven't we? Oh God, no, not even close. Oh, but, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Marvel right. Marvel's trying to go in that direction where they're trying to get people to get attached to some of these secondary characters, you know, because obviously they had their their huge run and right. came out with their what twenty four movies or whatever and won a bunch of awards and now they're in a different phase or whatever they call it and so they're trying to do different things and there's that whole DC DC comics they're trying to revamp because all the movies that they've kind of come out with no one's really gravitated toward but I know you're a big like Lord of the Rings fan like we need we need another like series like that I mean obviously those are based off books so you'd have to have something you know come out of thin air or make another movie series off of like some books but like you know those movies would win 12 oscars every time they'd come out and this and that and it's like we we need a good movie like that again that would be nice yeah yeah really 7, nice. by the way seven two one twelve ninety is our number jeff we're going to get to your call in a moment all of our other phone lines are open it is open phones for the next 20 minutes and then we'll have uh uh, Austin Knutson, Montana's Attorney General, joining us on the phone. He has all sorts of things he's working on, of course, in addition to taking your phone calls when he comes in a few minutes after 9. So we'll be right back with Jeff's call right after this. This is a... Sp- all right, welcome back to... Con- to, to, to- <laughs> What is that? There we go. I did it. All right. Welcome back to Talk Back, ladies and gentlemen. I speak for a living. Can you believe it? All right. Uh, Nick Christensen over there. I'm Peter Christian. Jeff is on the line right now. Jeff, help me out, buddy. I've got a bad case of mush mouth. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey, it's using those rented lips instead of your natural ones. That must be it. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen the Barbie movie, Peter. <laughs> That is just so sexist of you. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know what it is? It, it, I, I, I hate the color pink. Oh wow! Well, yeah, don't watch that movie. <laughs> I, I just there's just something about the color pink that just doesn't do anything for me. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, and we just lost half our audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? Full disclosure: Neither have I. So I'm, yeah. I'm picking on you, but I've done this. So, but I called in this morning because I found this out a while back, and I meant to mention it earlier when Elsie Anderson comes on, but she hasn't been on for a while. So um, it's about the the average public school teacher salary in Montana. Right. And in the state of Montana, looking throughout all the school districts, big, little, uh, east, west, north, south, um, the average public school teacher salary is $52,722, so $52,700. And this is according to the website salary.com. Okay. Okay. 
And uh, if you look did, at... Did, did, did it happen to mention how much tenure that person had at $52,000? Because I, I um, happen to know that the starting teacher salary in some of the smaller communities in Montana is less than 30000 a year. The starting uh, teacher salary in Montana is the worst in the uh, Yeah, it's the worst the in the nation. States. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please go ahead. Well, at, at the, yeah, at the 10th percentile, well, I think it's really close to Arizona. We keep going back and forth. Mm. At the very lowest 10th percentile, it's about 36,000. Okay. Wow. But as I was going through this, um, I started looking at the cities. And in Missoula, the average is 48.7. So that's $4,000 less in Missoula on average than it is. Uh, and, any, and, uh, and that's the same for Missoula, Butte, and Bozeman. Helena's a little bit better. But um, Billings, the average salary is 55000 Wow. And Kalispell is around 53000 My question is, um, and, and let's see, in Billings, what is the starting? Yeah, it's about, about $2,000, 38000 Higher for a 10th percentile, so starting teacher, I imagine. Um, so why is does Missoula pay its teachers, the Missoula County Public Schools, pay its teachers uh, less than the state average? That's a very good question. And I, I and how they determine those numbers, yeah, too, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it based off of... Do they think people in those other communities are getting uh, better degrees, education degrees from the schools that they're going to? So they, quote unquote, deserve more money. Um, I don't I have no idea that. I mean, there's obviously a reason there. There's also there's also some questions, Jeff, about going on about the fact that the student population uh, in Missoula is declining. And when the student population is declining, uh, that means uh, less money per student comes into the uh, into the programs and into the MCPS or uh, whatever the the big pot of money is, and because of that, there's less money to pay each individual teacher. Hmm. Yeah, but fifty eight percent of property tax goes to education. Right. I don't know if people realize that or not. Over half of what people pay. Um, and that was actually here in Lake County. I'm not sure what Missoula County says. That'd be interesting to find out. Um, cause we have, they, they show us on our tax form here what percentage goes to what. So, um, I just thought it interesting that the, uh, that the big cities and, and typically the progressive cities, Butte, Bozeman, and Missoula, uh, and to a lesser degree, Helena, um, are all among the lowest paying school districts in the state. And this is um, based on HR reported data. So this is data reported by the school systems themselves. Now, how how old is this data? Is is this new? Is it brand new or is it uh, a couple of years old? uh, uh, I did a screen capture on this in January 14th. Okay. Wow. two, Two weeks ago. Amazing. Oh, wow, Jeff, that's a lot to think about, man. I tell you, that's uh, if, uh, for people who are uh, running for the school board and uh, you, you, you they have all this money coming in, a big pool of money that's got to uh, try to support all the elementary and secondary and, uh, and, and middle schools and the high schools. You put it all, there's a lot of kids and there's a lot of expenses and so... 
don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I just want, I wonder, uh, you know, what programs are funded in those cities that aren't funded maybe in some of the other school districts, you know, because uh, typically sports programs are funded outside of things, I think. So uh, I, don't, I don't know the details. I'm getting outside of my, uh, outside of my uh, area of knowledge here. So I just found, when I uh, scrolled through this, I just found it interesting to see that uh, the disparity between uh, um, the school districts. And I wanted to try to find out which was the highest. I couldn't, I couldn't go through all, I forget, 200 and some odd school districts mm-hmm. to find out which one was the highest. So, but just uh, something for, if you ever have the uh, superintendent uh, for the Montana, uh, Missoula County public schools on again, um, it'd be an interesting topic. Why are they, why do they pay less than the state average? Will do. A very good question. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Okay, we're, we're going to come right back. 721-1290 is our number. Open phones for another eight minutes. And then we'll be joined by Attorney General Austin Knudsen taking your phone calls. 721-1290. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Uh, Harry is waiting on the line with a comment. Harry, good morning. You're on Talkback. Please go ahead, sir. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah, you, you. I think you may hit the point earlier when you said... Uh, Tenure on the teacher pay, right? Maybe the uh, bigger schools have more turnover. I mean, you know, so if you have you keep having newer newer uh, teachers come in, they have lower wages. So I mean, that's and uh, maybe the smaller schools that uh, people stay longer. I don't, I'm just throwing that out. I'm just a possibility. I mean, that's sure. you know, if you're doing averages, you know, it's like the old saying: don't blindly cross the stream just just because or wait across the stream just because it's the average three feet deep. You know. Some places are deeper than others, but uh, you know the idea that you know it's an average. Well, okay. If you have somebody, oh, go ahead. What are you saying? No, I was just going to say uh, the, the uh, uh, we, we, this was already brought up, but the average, according to the internet, uh, the average uh, public school teacher salary in Montana is fifty two seven twenty two as of December of last year, but the range typically falls between forty four thousand and sixty four thousand. Yeah, so and, and like say uh, for counties or whatever for different school districts you know maybe some school districts have more turnover so you have a you know coming in with a starting a new teacher comes with a starter lower wages so that would drop the average lower so but anyway as you're saying earlier about the immigrants uh, what are they going to do one thing they could do for all these immigrants let them work give them give them green, uh you know work cards so they can then they then they won't have to worry about uh you know uh people giving them stuff or having to put them up they can make their way i mean that's right there we have jobs here that need to be filled so let them work harry Simple. that's easy, yeah easy. Uh, you, you should run for office harry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right harry, mate. thank you all right thanks for the call 721-1290 is our number 1-800-568-5309 or of course you can use the kgvo app uh, to uh Send us your thoughts. It's funny, um, staying on the topic of uh, teachers and stuff. You remember, um, I guess it was smack in the middle of COVID or maybe toward the end of it when uh, when they had those school board elections right. in Missoula. And it was the first time that I've ever had like candidates want to be on the radio. And then we were just flooded with right. people that were exactly. all of a sudden interested, all of a sudden, you know, People that were already there wanting to stay there, new people wanted to get in because of, you know, how things were going in, in the schools, obviously during COVID, because that was a tumultuous time. But, uh, 
haven't heard a peep about school board elections or anything like that. And if I remember right, isn't that just like a two-year thing? Is that right? I do not, you get elected I, to the school board? I, I, I do not know, but I will tell you this. I have uh, Zoomed a couple of, oh uh, of, of uh, <laughs> meetings, school board meetings. Yeah. And I can understand why no one run, wants to run for that. Yeah. It is. Well, it's not lucrative at all. Well, no, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not that it's not lucrative. It's like you are absolutely enmeshed mm. in little tiny decisions that lead to bigger decisions. And then there's this budget and that's budget and, and this book and that book. And, and we need to... Uh, uh, I'm just thinking, man, uh, and, you know, whether, whether you voted for the folks on the school board or not, uh, it takes, it, I, I would think you would have to be either retired or independently wealthy to be oh, able yeah. to, to be on the school board because it would it would take all of your time. I always thought that was city council, too. I mean, they, you know, they tell you that. You know, it's not necessarily a full time job per se. I mean, I think the the pay is what fifteen thousand dollars a year for right. our city council. Right. But everyone that I've talked to that has been on city council, they'll tell you it's a full time job just doing it. And so it's always like, you know, I, I always figure, okay, the best people that could work that job are the ones that maybe are retired or you know, can afford not to work and, and they can really focus on those issues. But it's like, you know, it's just a for some, it's just a side thing, and it's like I, I could never do it. All the meetings, everything, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me in meetings. Oh, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I have a pathological hatred for meetings, and it, 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 mm. I, and I'm not sure where it came from. To be honest with you, Nick, uh, I, 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 I'm just I, I'm too uh, fidgety. I, I I just have to be moving and doing stuff, drumming or tapping my foot or something. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to get out and go. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I get it. All right, we got, we got time to get another couple, maybe one more call in before we have to uh, take a break. And, of course, in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll be talking with Attorney General Austin Knutson. He'll be on the phone with us. And so he'll be taking your phone calls as well. Lots of things that he wants to talk about when he gets here a few minutes after 9. So let's try to get at least one more call in this morning. I want to, who, who we got there, Mr. Nick? Uh, we have Jim. Jim. Okay. Good morning, sir. Uh, what's on your mind? Please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, I know you're running short on time. I just want to give your your listeners a, uh, if I could, a, a history assignment. They should look up uh, the Zimmerman Telegram. Zimmerman Telegram, if they haven't heard about it. It may explain a little bit of what's going on with Mexico. Uh, having lived in South Texas for a long time, I can assure you that Mexico could stop this illegal immigration if they wanted to. In 1917, the president, or not the president, but the foreign office in Germany sent a telegram to the Mexican president suggesting that if he would join the war against, this is in World War One against the United States, that Germany would assist them in reconquering Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. Well, President Carranza thought about that and assigned, uh, gave his military an assignment to find out whether or not that was doable. His military came back. They had a commission. His military came back and said, well, Got 20 we'll seconds. Touch and go. we don't know whether we could hold it. And the president <laughs> finally made the decision, the president of Mexico, that the reason he didn't join Germany against the war with us is that uh, 
they couldn't hold it. And we're out, too many people in we are out of time. States had too many. This is Talkback 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO AM 1290 and 98.3 FM KGVO. Missoula's news and weather station. Welcome back to Talk Back, everybody. It's hour number two for this Tuesday, January 30th, brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it gets, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. Located at uh, Palmer and West Broadway, Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts and Service. Why West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way? Find out if they have a, a, a storage space for you by calling uh, 510-0590 at Y West, making room for you. Phillips Janitorial offering residential and commercial cleaning. At no job too big or too small for Phillips, 406-260-6617 and by Harrington Surgical Supply. Feel confident Harrington Surgical Supply's discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of TalkBack, and we are privileged to have with us the Honorable Austin Knutson, our State Attorney General, who is, uh, by the way, running for re-election. So, uh, Austin, good morning and welcome back. Good to have you, sir. Good morning, my, my favorite dynamic radio duo ever. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. Anyway, okay, uh, a couple of things. We, we already have people lined up to visit with you, but I know there, there's a couple of firearms cases that are going before the U.S. Supreme Court that I know you're very deeply involved in. So what would you like to share about that? Yeah, thank you. Well, the first one is, is NRA versus Volo. And if you don't know about this case, Basically, what you had happen, you had the state of New York, through the governor's office, try to pressure businesses that were doing business with the NRA. And specifically, it was it was financial businesses and it was insurance businesses. And this was really pernicious. What 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 the basically the, the New York treasurer did is it would come to these businesses and go, wow, that's a nice business you have there. Oh, you're doing business with the NRA. Be a real shame if something were to happen to your business. I mean, this this was just like the worst Tony Soprano, Goodfellas mobster tactics you can think of. But but that's that's how they operated. And so what happened is a lot of these businesses ended up terminating their relationships with the NRA. Now, whatever you think about the NRA, they they have some issues. They're doing some house cleaning right now. I'm certainly aware of all that, but there's still a, a good organization that does a lot of good work for those of us who are Second Amendment advocates in this country. They've got a First Amendment freedom of association. Companies can do business with whomever they want, and they shouldn't be under threat by the government for engaging in that business. And that's what this case is about. So this is a First Amendment case. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to take it up. Uh, and, and my office is leading the, the amicus effort in that case. Very important First Amendment case uh, that also has some Second Amendment implications. All right. Now, there's there's another case. This is, this is Lake well, City. Well, that not a case yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, one, that one's not a case yet. But if if you're any kind of a shooter, you know what Lake City is. Right. The Lake City, Armory, the, 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 the Lake City Ammo Plant uh, it, it, it's located in Missouri, and it's one of our nation's primary ammunition depots. It's where they we, we, we manufacture ammo for our military. Um, what happens is when there is an overrun, 
that depot is allowed to sell surplus ammo onto the civilian market. And this has been going on for decades, Peter. This, this is not a new thing. Uh, it's not super high-quality ammo. It's not any kind of special ammo. Uh, it's just full metal jacket target ammo, basically. I mean, it's, 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 it's ammo you'd use at, at the firing range just to kind of do some practice. Uh, what you had happen here about a month ago is, was was 20 Democrat AGs started wringing their hands and screaming about how terrible it is that Lake City is selling military-grade ammunition to civilians. Well, these people are as ignorant as they are dumb. I mean, they just don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so I and three of my colleagues, we got 28 total AGs throughout the country to push back we, we sent a letter back to the Biden administration just saying, no, this, this is silly. And this is less about ammo in the, in the civilian market, which it certainly is about that, but it's more about military readiness. Guys, we've been in a position in not even that long ago where the U.S. has gotten in a shooting war and we didn't have enough ammunition. That isn't a plant that we can just flip a switch and ramp up and, and turn out a bunch of ammo. It takes time. It takes people. It takes training. And if, if, if this administration follows through with what these Democrat AGs want, they'd mothball a big part of that factory and it wouldn't be able to turn out the, the ammo that we, uh, that I mean, even this administration has admitted that we desperately need and we're short on. Uh, this, this is just silly. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just sitting here nonplussed. Uh, tell you what, we have, we have two callers waiting to visit with you. Let's get uh, Buck on the line right now. Buck, good morning. You are on Talk Back with Austin Knutson. Go ahead, sir. Well, good morning. I, I was hoping to steal Peter's job and inter- introduce that case, uh, NRA versus Vulo. And, of course, you've, you're on top of it. Thank you for doing that. We need people like you and, and the uh, Governor Abbott in Texas to stand up against what's happening in our country. But... Uh, if anybody wants to know, there was a wonderful interview of you by Frank Minitor in America's First Freedom that delved into that case a little bit more, and I, I did enjoy it. Thanks for doing things like that. And that's all I had this morning. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. Tell you what, we're, we're, uh, go ahead, Austin, if you want to respond to that. Then we'll take a break. I, I'm, I'll always take the pat on the back, Buck. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a fun interview with, with NRA. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it's my honor to be a part of these, of these lawsuits. And I'm, I'm always going to do the right thing by, by, the, by the Second Amendment. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We have Skip and Emmett both standing by to talk with our Attorney General, Austin Knudsen. And we have several other phone lines open. If you have a question or comment, give us a call. That's why he's here to answer your questions. It's 721-1290, back right after this. Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. A dense fog advisory remains in effect for the valleys of western Montana. Fog will be variable today, but could be quite dense in some locations at times. And because of the temperature, that may be freezing fog in the early mornings and later evenings. Lows will continue just below freezing. Otherwise, sunshine is possible in the afternoon with highs into the mid-40s and close to 50 on Wednesday. This foggy weather pattern continuing through at least Thursday, although we're still on track with clouds and a chance of rain by Friday. Okay, we are back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Austin Knutson, our Attorney General, on the phone with us right now. And let's get Skip on the line. He's been waiting the longest. Skip, good morning. You're on with uh, Austin. Go ahead, please. And good morning, Peter. And and Austin, um, first I'll just start off with, uh, uh, I want to thank you, and I probably couldn't get less than about 2,000 people to say thank you for making your trip to Washington, D.C. and being a 
fine ambassador for the state of Montana when it comes to our fentanyl problem. And I, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, more of a general question in a lot of our counties uh, where law enforcement, uh, the numbers of, of criminal activity is climbing. And is there, is there anything going on? I like to stay local instead of in Washington. Uh, is there anything, any task forces available or, 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 or new things coming up where we can educate maybe the voters to, to, to put less liberal judges on the bench at our lower levels? Uh, since there's no IRD next to their name, is there anything going on that's even an education way for people? Is there is there any new programs coming? Uh, to, are they going to give you more money so you can get more uh, more police people uh, on the ground? And then uh, I I just wanted to bring that up because uh, I also know that the governor's task force. Uh, there's a task force the governor has gotten together that I think meets in Missoula, maybe over Valentine's Day week, where they're going to take care of the, the uh, or they do the best they can to solve the mill levy problem. Can we do anything like that about our our crime that's that's uh, starting to climb in numbers? I'll just leave it at that. And thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. Go ahead, Austin. It's all yours. Yeah, Skip, lot, lots of good stuff there. So, so let, let, let me start with the judges. Uh, you're, you're spot on. We have a judge problem in the state. I, I've been very, very critical of, of our judiciary in the state. Not all of them. You know, we, we've, we've got a handful of, of good district judges, but we've also got a pile of really bad ones. Uh, and, and that goes all the way up to, to our state Supreme Court. Um, we, we, we have a judge problem. We, we have a lot of judges in the state that don't think that punishing criminals works. They, they, they want to treat their way out of this problem. They, 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 want, to, they want to be soft on criminals and, and, and be nice to them and think that's going to solve our problem. I can tell you as a criminal prosecutor, that's not going to work. Um, I do everything I can to try to educate folks about our judicial elections because all of our judges in the state are elected. They just can't run as partisan, and that, that's very difficult because it's hard to fight, figure out where these judges are and, and, and what they're going to do and, and what their judicial philosophy actually is um, i tell people the best way to find out go to the commissioner of political practices website copp uh, state of montana copp you can look up these judicial candidates and see who they've given money to that's the best way to know who, who they are and, and and where their their philosophy is all right that's the first thing second thing violent crime you're absolutely right since 2013 violent crime in montana has not just been going up it's been going up at an alarming rate. I am really, really pleased to report we got brand new numbers for the Montana Board of Crime Control. And I'll, I'll, I'll posit that those are not my numbers. I do not control the Board of Crime Control. They're an independent state agency. Since 2021, violent crime has actually dropped off. Now, it's still high. It's still higher than it was a decade ago, but for sure. But we seem to have turned a corner in 2021, uh, and, and violent crime has actually dropped the last two years. So we're doing some things right. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I would tell people this, this comes back to, hey, I'm, I, I'm running for re-election. Um, if you like the way things are going in the state, if you, if you like the job that we're doing, I'm very hard on crime. Uh, we've asked for some more law enforcement resources, like you said, Skip. 
Um, the, law, the, 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 the legislature was kind enough to, to grant some of those asks. We got more narcotics agents. We got more human trafficking agents. Um, we're, we're a lean, mean agency, but, but we're doing the best we can with what we have. And it's working. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to report that. But thanks a lot for the question, Skip. You bet. Let's get Emmett on the line. By the way, several phone lines open at 721-1290. If you have a question for Austin Knudsen. Emmett, go ahead. Yeah, I'm wondering. My question is this. <clears throat> it's about those scam calls from overseas. I'm actually beginning to wonder if AI technology isn't involved in this. If a scammer calls you about Medicare and Medicare fraud or Medicare scam, if it's not a computer, an AI computer talking. I know that sounds crazy and out of science fiction. The reason I ask this is this. On Saturday, I got a couple of them. I thought, I'll pick it up. I'll bite because I know... You know, the, the Medicare offices are not open on Saturday, and I want to test this guy's knowledge. And it was an overseas guy, and he tried to give me the whole pitch because he got my doctor's you know, name and number and every, the whole thing. I knew, and I told him, I know this is uh, Medicare. I know this is a scam. They're not open on, you know, on Saturday here in America. The reason I ask about AI is the same guy called again with the same Middle Eastern voice, and I say, you just called. You just called me about the same scam, and he said, no, no, I haven't talked to you. We haven't talked to you know, th- this morning. Wow. This, uh, this is the first time I called, and I said, this is, is, uh, this is a scam, and I hung up. Is this AI technology involved? Wow. Are they getting that sophisticated or what? Thanks for the call, Emmett. Good questions. Austin, uh, what do you know about that? Well, I, I, I know a little bit about the scam calls and robocalls for sure, Emmett. I, I appreciate the call. So a lot of that stuff does get reported to the State Office of Consumer Protection, which is under the Department of Justice and, and under my purview. Um, as far as whether they're using AI, I don't know the answer to that question because, as you say, these are all foreign scammers. Uh, what, what I do know is they are becoming increasingly sophisticated. Uh, it, it would not surprise me if they were utilizing AI. One of the things I've done to try to crack down on this is we, we know that they're – so, I mean, we, we have a, a do-not-call list. There's federal federal laws on the books. Um, <clears throat> the 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 big telecom players, they don't let these guys have access to our phone grid in the U.S. The problem is we've got a lot of, shall I say, shady fly-by-night smaller phone providers that ignore that law, and and they they give these scammers access to our phone systems here in America. Um, I, I and a number of my colleagues have gone after these these fly-by-night outfits. Um, we, we've had some success, but unfortunately, these scammers just keep getting more and more sophisticated, and they figure out different ways to get around us. Um, I, you know, I, we, 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 we try to keep up with technology, but that's what's going on. I, I think the safest thing, if it's an unsolicited phone call or an unsolicited email, into the garbage it goes. I don't, I don't even answer it, don't even acknowledge it. So, absolutely best thing you can do. You bet. And with that, we're up against a break. We have Diane, Harry, and Jeff all waiting to visit with you. Uh, our Attorney General, Austin Knutson, is on the phone with us uh, here to answer your questions and comments. We'll be right back after this timeout. Welcome back to Talk Back. Attorney General Austin Knutson joining us on the phone right now, and uh, phone lines are filling up. Uh, people want to talk with you, so let's get Diane on the line. Diane, you're on with Austin Knutson. Go ahead, please. Thank you for taking my call. Um, 
thank you, Austin. Um, I, you were the very first person I ever heard from on this uh, channel discussing the, this is going to be a border crisis uh, question, but at any rate, when I first, where I first learned that there were multitudes of different nations being represented uh, from all the migrants crossing down there, and what I'm wondering is, um, if you have, this is not supposed to be a gotcha question, but um, if you have dealings with Senator Tester um, about this crisis on the border, and if so, what is his perspective? Because I, 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 I've tried writing in the past, and you get boilerplate answers. And what I'm really wondering is, you know, what have you heard a coherent answer from from the other side of the aisle, if you will, about why they seem to be supporting or not really doing anything about what's going on down there? That's my question. Thanks, Diane. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Diane, thanks for the question. And it's it's a really important one, especially in this upcoming year. And and, and the quick answer to your question of ha- have I heard from Senator Tester on this? The answer is no. Um, I mean, we, we, we obviously we've reached out. We've we've we're, we're constantly sending letters to the to, to the administration, to our Senate delegation, to our congressional delegation. Um, Senator Tester does not talk to me. That, that's just the simplest way to put it. Um, you know, Senator Tester talks a talks a good conservative game when it's when it's an, an election year, but I have to tell you, he's a ninety nine percent Joe Biden voter. I mean, whatever what what whatever Senator Chuck Schumer is doing, whatever Joe Biden is pushing for, John Tester is going to support it. I mean, that's that's just a fact. And if you don't don't take my word for it, go look it up. Um, they're they're not talking about this border crisis. They're not talking about how, how are we going to stop this huge influx of illegal immigrants coming into our country. Uh, that they just they, they don't want to talk about that because it's it, it, it's from from a law and order standpoint, it's the single biggest problem we've got here in in Montana. And people might not realize this, but this is driving our fentanyl crisis. It's driving our methamphetamine crisis. It's driving up our overall crime rate in the state. Uh, this this is not long division. This is stuff that's all coming from the Mexican drug cartels and and them allowing people to come across that border and, and, and forcing them to carry drugs into this country because that is what is happening. I don't care what this administration wants to say and how they want to spin that. Now, may, may, um, I, may I throw so something throw something in there real quick, and and that is the the effort to try to impeach uh, Secretary Mayorkas uh, is is going on as well. Uh, the Senate says, "Hey, you guys can do whatever you want. We're not going to pass it." Uh, but uh, is that just making a statement or what? Well, I'm hoping it, it's getting this this administration's attention, and frankly, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping Senator Tester's paying attention. You know, he's one of those senators. That's going to have to take a take a stance on whether or not to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. So, if you don't know who that is, he's our Homeland Security Secretary. He, he's he's a a Biden cabinet member. Uh, but I went to D.C. about three weeks ago and I testified in favor of impeaching him. And I didn't do that just for political reasons, Peter. Homeland Security and and Secretary Mayorkas are flat violating federal law. They are they are creating federal law out of thin air where it doesn't exist. They are they are violating numerous numerous provisions of federal border security law because they don't agree with it politically. Well, you know what? I'm a member of the executive branch here in Montana too, 
and there's lots of laws I don't agree with. That doesn't mean I get to pick and choose which ones I'm going to enforce and which ones I'm going to ignore. I don't have that power. The legislature gets to set the law. The executive branch carries it out. This is Civics 101, and, and you don't just get to ignore huge portions of federal border security law because you ideologically don't agree with it. That's not something you can do, and that's what he's doing. All right, let's get another call on the line. This is Harry. Harry, good morning. You're on with Austin Knudsen. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, Austin. Uh, first off, you say that liberal judges, uh, that, that's one reason the crime's going up. But then you turn around and say, well, a violent crime has gone down. So do, do judges all go away the last two years? Or, and also, if there are all these liberal judges out there, are, are ha- uh, jails and prison half full because they're not sending them to this? And as for the Mayoka thing, that's raw politics. You can deny it all you want to, but it's all raw politics. And, you know, that's just a fact. So thank you. All right, Harry. <laughs> Austin, it's all yours. What's up? Well, Harry, quite contrary. Good to hear from you, as, as every time I call in or visit. Uh, you know, my grandfather told me something when I was a kid, Peter, Nick, and it was, it was something that stuck with me my whole life. And that was, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't open your mouth and prove it to everybody. Um, I, I don't know. That's something I think we can probably apply here to Harry, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that one there. <laughs> All right. With that, we're up against a commercial break. We're going to come right back. Jeff is waiting with a question. We also have several other phone lines open at 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Our guest on the phone right now, Montana's Attorney General Austin Knutson. And we'll be right back, hopefully taking your phone calls right after this. It's obvious. Okay, we are back. This is Talkback, 721-1290. That's our number. I'm Peter Christian, Nick Christensen over there, producing Talkback, as he always does, so excellently, and uh, taking your phone calls. Our guest on the phone, Attorney General Austin Knutson, and Jeff is waiting to visit with you. Jeff, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Great to be able to talk with you again, uh, Austin. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't think it's political when a person holds a job to hold their feet to the fire in the performance of that job. And uh, in that regard, you know, when I first moved back to Montana here about seven years ago, I uh, actually it's eight years ago now, dang. Uh, I, I was pleased with, uh, with in general with the DOJ, but ever since you've been elected, you've brought it up a notch or two. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's functioning at a level that uh, I can only say thank you for. So I just I just wonder if I have a nickname as well. <laughs> <laughs> but my my real question, the reason I called in, is um, something called the Section Seven Hundred Two database, and that's a massive database, largely populated by the National Security Agency, the NSA, an agency I used to work for. Um, but when I worked for it, they didn't capture Americans' data, and now. They do a wide vacuum sweep of, of, of cell phone and email uh, information. Basically, they suck the Internet dry and then put it all in this database where law enforcement agencies can go in and do various queries. Uh, and I'm wondering, um, does the Montana Department of Justice have a policy on Section 702 database queries? And, you know, can you give us a general sense of if you use it and if so, how, when, how frequently? So what, what I can tell you is that the, the policy is we don't use it. I mean, that, that's our policy. We, the, the, the State Department of Justice 
we have some criminal justice information sharing relationships with the federal government, as do all federal or excuse me, as do all state law enforcement agencies. Uh, we also have our state intelligence fusion center. Um, but when it comes to, you know, dealing with the NSA, we, we don't have access to that data. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's horrifying that the NSA is, is, is collecting data like that. And, I, and, and they're barely even clandestine about it anymore. Uh, but the policy here at the Department of Justice is no, we don't access that information. Okay, great. Yeah, because uh, that was the answer I was hoping for, because that uh, provision of the FISA Act uh, was actually um, uh, just renewed back in uh, back in the fall. And it, I find it appalling. I mean, you know, it, uh, the signals intelligence community is governed by something called a USID. It's an intelligence directive. And uh, USID 18 governs, and this is none of this is classified or anything, USID 18 governs the collection on Americans. And USID 18 used to be about 18 pages thick. It was really simple to read. Basically, don't collect on Americans. If you do inadvertently, here's what you do. But anymore, I just, I, I, I'm ashamed of the agency that I used to be very proud to work for because it's turned into a domestic surveillance agency and it was never intended for that. And I just, I just, um, I just find that horrifying. So. Thanks for thanks for confirming what I suspected. You bet. Yeah, ha- happy to do it. Uh, I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, this this it's a sad state of affairs that what what our federal government has fallen to and what some of our intelligence gathering agencies have have fallen to uh, it was never intended for for domestic surveillance of our own citizens, and that that's a horrifying state. Great. Thanks for the yes, call, Jeff. Good. Thanks for the call. Let's get Dave on the line. Dave, good morning. You're on with Austin Knutson. Go ahead, please. Yes, about drugs coming into this country. My nephew just got out of prison, five years in federal prison for moving drugs from Seattle to Missoula and beyond. And, you you know, drugs, from what the numbers I've seen, say that 90% of the drugs come in from, from border border areas that that like driving in through like ports and what have you and as far as i have to tell you this i spent last year on federal grand jury duty and some of the cases dealt with drugs coming in from canada so i mean to, to blame it all on the southern border is is not accurate okay dave uh austin go ahead well, with all due respect, Dave, I'm 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 going to push back on you a little bit. The the Biden administration likes to throw out that 90 percent of drugs coming through ports of entry. What they're not telling you is that there there's a distinction there. 90 percent of the drugs that the federal government seizes is coming through legal ports of entry. That's true. I'm concerned with the 11,000% increase in fentanyl seizures in Montana that have get it, that have gotten through the border somehow magically and made it all the way up here to Montana. We've had an 11,000% increase in fentanyl seizures by our state drug task forces just in the last four years. That means there's a heck of a lot of drugs making it across that southern border. Um, you know what? That does does some drugs come down through Canada? Certainly, certainly that happens. I I'm not going to sit here and say that that doesn't happen. But what we do know is that it, that's a minuscule number. 
So when I say that 99.9% of the drugs that come into Montana are coming from the southern border, I'm not just pulling that out of my rear end. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a figure that I'm getting from, from task forces, from drug agencies, from, from the federal drug enforcement agency. I mean, I, I, I'm not just making that up. So certainly we get some drugs that try to be trafficked down from Canada, but it's a drop in the bucket. All, almost all of the fentanyl, all the methamphetamine in Montana are coming across the southern border. We know that the drug cartels are forcing people to mule that stuff across wide open southern swaths of the southern border that are uncontrolled. They're carrying it in backpacks. They're, they're, they're wearing non-tread shoes. They'll, they'll, they'll wear carpeted shoes, literally carpet on the bottom of their feet so they don't leave a track. So, yeah, the Biden administration likes to throw out that 90% coming through ports. These drug cartels are incredibly sophisticated. They've got loss built into their business model. They'll run a decoy load through a port of entry, get all the Border Patrol's attention over there on that port of entry, and then they'll run a bunch of drugs over here in, in a different area where, where Customs and Border Patrol is not looking. I mean, you, you, we're, you, you are not dealing with a couple of bumbling criminal enterprises. These are multi, multi, multi hundred billion dollar drug cartels that are very, very sophisticated. So I, I, I hate to push back on you, but I'm, I'm going to. Now, Austin, uh, we have about two minutes before we take a break here. Um, are you seeing a difference? I, I know the, the, the legislature and the governor uh, uh, helped out with, with some, more, some more personnel, maybe some more uh, funding. Uh, is it making a difference or is it, is it trying to, like, spoon out the ocean, uh, uh, keep the ocean out with a spoon? Well, I mean, as I said earlier, Peter, the, the, the violent crime rate actually, it, and it was a surprise to me to see it. The, the violent crime rate in the last two years has actually fallen. That's that's very encouraging because I'm not kidding. It had gone up since 2013, just, I won't say exponentially, but it had gone up quite alarmingly. That has actually tapered off and, and, and fallen now in the last two years, and that typically will follow the drug trends in the state. Uh, now, with that said, the, the the amounts of fentanyl that are still pouring into the state are just staggering. And, you know, I, I, we've got 240 roughly highway patrol troopers. And at any given time, half of them are sleeping, you know, because we, we run two shifts. So and you're talking about a state with, you know, 150,000 miles of, of roadway, lots of ways in and out of the state, lots of secondary highways and back roads. Um, that this, this is very, very frustrating. We, you know, you know, you're, you're talking about sheriff's offices with limited resources, police departments with limited resources, a state department of justice with limited resources. So that that's very frustrating. We have to rely on our partnerships with federal agencies because I mean, believe it or not, just because Joe Biden's the president, we still have very good working relationships and, 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 and with, with DEA and they do a very, very good job. Um, so that, that's a, false, a force multiplier for us. But this, this cartel drug thing in Montana is the scariest thing I've seen. And, and it's still a, a big deal here. 
And with that, we're going to take a break. Well, phone lines are open. If you have a question or a comment for Austin Knutson, he'll be here for another 18 minutes, I should say. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment. Of course, he's running for re-election, too. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Coming right back with more after this. We are back on TalkBack. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. And, of course, if you'd like to visit with our Attorney General, Austin Knutson, he's on the phone with us right now, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, Candy is taking advantage. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick, yeah, you wanted to go ahead, Yeah, please. I wanted to ask Austin real quick. Yeah. Uh, Austin, I know your office sent out yesterday that a trooper received uh, a pretty important award for a hostage situation. I was hoping you could tell me what happened there. Yeah, thanks for teeing that up, Nick. So if if you remember, guys, back in March of last year, we had a high-speed chase come out of Idaho. Uh, there, there had been an armed robbery over over in, in, in Idaho, and it was coming over Lookout Pass and actually heading towards you guys. Um, so obviously Idaho State Patrol reached out to Montana Highway Patrol. Uh, we, we interdicted that at the top of Lookout Pass at, at St. Regis. That turned into a hostage situation. Um, it, it, it was a horrible deal, guys. That that was, I remember it very vividly because that was right in the middle of the legislative session, and that was a really really bad weekend. Within the span of about twelve hours, we had three different active shooter situations, but this was by far the worst one. Um, that this that what one of the occupants of that stolen vehicle got out at St. Regis, took a hostage, ended up shooting that hostage horribly, um, and at that point. Montana Highway Patrol was forced to respond and, 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 and shoot and kill that, that perpetrator. Um, one of those responding troopers was, was this trooper, Tom, Thomas DeFoya, uh, did just an amazing job getting up there. You know, not, not just, not, not just how, how this, this individual was dealt with, but he had a lot of confused people up there. Uh, there, there was a lot of bad information flying around. We were getting reports that there was somebody in a bar holding people hostage, that ended up not being accurate. Um, in, in these situations, you, you, you get a lot of data flying around, and, and, and a lot of it's not always correct and, and good data. So for him to be on the ground, um, kept a level head, uh, and, and, and handled this, this case appropriately, uh, this, this was a very, very deserved award and, and received, received the highest, highest award we can bestow yesterday. So, yeah, very proud of that trooper. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing that. All right. So now Candy is uh, waiting on the line. Candy, thank you for holding. You're on with Austin Knutson. Go ahead. Yes, Austin. Um, you can be assured I'm voting for the best attorney general this state has ever had in this election. But I called to ask you about the child trafficking and human trafficking and actually i would like you to give more information about this human trafficking especially the child trafficking that you have heard about or seen or anything like that because i don't think there is enough emphasis put on the child trafficking that is going on in America. And uh, uh, Emmett uh, noted the sound of freedom. And I think that we here in America have, have hit 
a pinnacle for child abuse, child molestation, child death, child murders, rapes, and things like that. So I would like you to catch us up with that, and I'll just wait offline. Thanks for the call. Thank you, Candy. And I know you wanted to address Human Trafficking Prevention Month as well. Uh, uh, Austin, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Candy, thank you so much for that for that question. Uh, this, that, you're absolutely right. This is a topic that we do not talk about enough. And, and actually, I don't like using the term human trafficking because I, I, I think it's too nice. I, I think it pulls the punch. It, it, it sounds like something kind of, kind of nebulous. We're talking about, for the most part in Montana, we're talking about sex slavery. That, that's what this is. That's what it looks like mostly in Montana. Um, and and you're unfortunately you're right. This usually has to do with young females, uh, oftentimes underage, so so, so children. Um, we've got a real problem with this in Montana. A lot of people like to think this is this is a big city problem, or this is a southern border problem. It absolutely is here, and and our numbers bear that out. If you if you go back just a few years, back to 2015. The number of human trafficking investigations at the state of Montana, seven, seven. You compare that to today, last year, 2023, almost 150 investigations. And and keep in mind, we've only got four investigators here in the state that are dedicated to human trafficking. That's all they do. Um, I'm confident that if I had more resources, we'd find a hell of a lot more of this stuff. This is going on in our state. It's disgusting. It's some of the most evil, vile stuff I have ever seen. The, the level of depravity that, that these traffickers will drop to to make a dollar off of another human being, is, it, it's just it's nothing short of evil. Um, so wh- what are we doing about it? Well, so, so Candy, to your point, child sex seems to be the real draw here in Montana. We've got a lot of people here in the state who think it's okay to get online, get on an an, an illicit website, and order sex with a minor. And if that's revolting to you, I'm sorry, but it should be revolting to you. I'm I'm trying to be a little shocking here. This is happening in our state, uh, and and that's proven out by by a lot of the sting operations that we do. We we caught 14 individuals in Gallatin County who were who doing this, including one who was a school board member. So this is happening in our communities. Um, the legislature stepped up and, and they passed a bill that actually was written by my office, written by my prosecutors. <clears throat> up until last year, you could get online and you could solicit sex with a minor five times. And it was a misdemeanor. You get a slap on the wrist and maybe a fine. That's horrifying, and and we should be ashamed of that. And and the legislature was rightly shamed of that. So it is now a first time felony, whether it's a minor or or an adult. Uh, it, we, the, the message we want to send is: don't engage in this kind of behavior in Montana. This is not the place to do that. You're you're going to get caught, and you're going to spend time in Deer Lodge. I mean, you're you're going to go to prison. We we do not tolerate human trafficking and sex slavery in Montana. This is not harmless prostitution. And, and that's the biggest, that, 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 that's the biggest myth that I want to dispel. 
Nobody wakes up one day and says to themselves, boy, you know what will be a great way to provide a living for myself? That, that just doesn't happen. The, the idea that this is two willing parties engaging in a business transaction is just dated thinking, and it's a myth. These are people who are being forced into some of the worst working conditions and living conditions and, and psychological torture and, and drug control and, and physical abuse than, that you could possibly imagine, and they're being forced to do horrible things often hundreds of times a day, over and over and over. So, again, I, I, I don't mean to be too graphic, guys, and I apologize, but th this is some of the most horrible stuff that I've ever seen in my life. It is happening here in Montana. We're taking it very, very seriously at the Department of Justice. We've, we've increased our resources. The, the legislature has given us literally double the human trafficking agents that, that we had before. Um, it's still not a lot, you know, it's, it's still, it's still four agents, but we're, we're, we're running all of the state doing sting operations, doing, doing rescue operations. Um, this is happening here. So thanks. Thanks for the question. Candy. And we're going to come right back after a one minute timeout and wrap things up with Austin. We'll be right back after this. Need a quick if you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash PACT to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come, come to VA. VA. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Just received a very important question uh, on the phone here uh, that Nick took. And Nick, you want to share that with uh, with Austin, please? Oh uh, yeah, we just had a caller wondering what they can do to help. Um, you know, I know you've sent out tips and stuff, and if you see something, say something, and that's kind of a way you can be active. But is there any other ways people can help out specifically? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, thanks for that one. Who, who whoever called in. Um, there's a great training video out there. It's actually put out by the Montana Beer and Wine Distributors Association. They they trained all of their beer truck drivers in the state to be on the lookout for this, just to be a force multiplier for us. But they, they put together a great training video. It's out there on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, but look, trust your gut. If you're if you're at a truck stop or, or, or at a gas station and you see something that just doesn't look right, Trust your instincts. If, if, if you see a young person who's not dressed for the Montana weather, if you see a young person who, who is being very, very shy and, and, and careful and fearful of an older person that they're with and it just doesn't strike you as right, if you see somebody who, who's not in control of their own possessions, that, that's a big red flag. Uh, the, a lot of times these traffickers, they won't let their trafficking victims have their own money their own purse, their, their, their possessions. And that, again, that's just a method of control. If you get a chance, try talking to that person. And if they don't know, number one, where they are, but number two, oftentimes they won't know their name because the trafficker has given them a, given them a fake name. That's a huge red flag. Um, I, I tell people, don't try to be a hero. 
If it's an emergency, call 911. But if you see something that raises your suspicions, we've got a fantastic hotline. Call 833-406-STOP. And that's our dedicated state human trafficking hotline. You'll get through to a human being, and hopefully we, we can get emergency services out there quickly and help that person. All right. Excellent. That's good. Jerry on the line. Jerry, good morning. You're on TalkBack. Please go ahead, sir. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Knudsen, I would like to talk to you for a second about your staff and your office. We recently had a, had a family member with a problem, had nothing to do with your office whatsoever, and I said, well, start, start with them and see what they can do. They took the time. They said, we don't handle this, but they took the time and said, here, try this number. If that don't work, try this number. And if that don't work, call us back. I, th- I thought that was just damn nice of them. If you could pass along a thank you. And and uh, like I said, it had nothing to do with your office, but they still took the time to help out, and we re- really appreciate that. So if you could pass along a, a thank you to your staff and stuff, it was greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Jerry. I, I absolutely will do that, and that that warms my heart to hear. You know, we... When we took office back in 2021, and I, I won't say this is just a DOJ thing. I think this was a state government thing in general. There was a real problem with customer service. Uh, we, we, we just saw that across the board. So we've worked really hard to turn that around. It's, it's our job to work for you folks. You're, you're the taxpayer. We're beholden to you. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, and I will pass it on. Thank you. Excellent. We have about a minute and a half. Was there still an app question there, Nick? No, let's let's just move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. We have about a minute and a half left, Austin. So your your final thoughts before we let you go and, and things you're working on and how we can help. Well, we're doing lots of things here, guys. I mean, I, as, as was mentioned earlier at the top of the hour, we've, we've filed our 37th lawsuit against the Biden administration since I've taken office. Um you know, I'm I'm single-handedly disgusted that that we have to have to do that, but also I'm very very proud of my team. Uh, Montana has gone from being a backbencher state to to a state that leads on these on, on these important federal legal issues. Uh, we're we're holding the Biden administration to account. This is one of the most I, I hate to use this term, but it's appropriate. This is one of the most lawless administrations that we've seen. In U.S. history, this this is an administration that thinks they can create law through rule. That's, I mean, just flagrantly unconstitutional. And I, I think we're going to have some U.S. Supreme Court rulings here very soon that that agree with that statement. So, um, we're we're doing a lot of good things on on the crime front here at the Department of Justice. As I said, violent crime in the last two years has fallen after a ten-year pretty dramatic increase. I'm really proud of that. Austin, uh, we, we are we're, we're doing we are out of time. I just uh, thank you so much for taking all these calls. We appreciate it. Look forward to our next visit. You bet. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, sir. All right. Appreciate it. Okay, Nick, what's coming up? Tomorrow? Our uh, county commissioners are going to join us from 8 to 9. They're back for county talk. And then Walt Carroll will have uh, answers to tax questions 9 to 10.